Well, good morning. I'm Mark. I'm one of the pastors on the team. Um, anybody else? This is your chance. If you'd rather go downstairs and eat snacks than hang out up here, you, okay, you can go. You can go. Um, hey, uh, well, we, uh, we love to be together, and we think that part of that is actually talking to one another. So um, we're going to throw up a question on the screen. You've got five minutes. Uh, find somebody maybe that you haven't talked to this morning. Um, timely, right? What is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Uh, we also have some coffee and donuts in the back, so you've got five minutes. Um, take this time to connect with one another. See you in a few minutes. All right, all right. Hey, if you want to go ahead and find a seat. I know all this talk about food is very exciting, but I want to invite you uh, to come back and find a seat, find a seat. Well, this morning we are um, we're wrapping up our fall series, and it's, it's exciting. Uh, it's called The Way of Jesus. Um, today we are going to be talking about worry, and um, just a little uh, disclaimer, right? Um, I spend way too much time worrying. Anybody else, like, honestly, uh, you spend way too much time worrying. Um, some of them are, like, truly just dumb worries, right? Like, um, will the Seahawks make the playoffs? Or will the Huskies make the state, you know, like, the college football playoffs? Or, um, you know, like other ones, like, will I be able to find a parking spot at QFC this week because it's absolutely insane, right? Or, Lauren, we had talked about this. Will there be any more Hawaiian rolls left on the dinner table this week? Anybody? Yeah, right? There's this other worry going around right now. I don't know if you're a part of it, but some like, will this Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like, will they actually, is it true love? Like, we're all worried about it, right? Honestly, raise your hands. Who's invested in that? Yeah, yeah. You think it's true love? Izzy thinks it's true love. Who, who thinks like, no chance. This is like a publicity stunt by the NFL. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And then honestly, who's like, who is this Taylor Swift? Who is this Taylor Swift? Thank you. <laughs> True Swifties. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, we we have these dumb worries, but but also I think a lot of us like we carry some very real worries constantly, all the time, right? Even just thinking about this this last week of uh, worries of sitting at, with parents that that are just struggling to figure out like where uh, do I start to begin to to parent my kid, or or maybe you're in a spot now where you're just like I have a really fractured relationship with a friend. Or a family member. And going into Thanksgiving, I have so much anxiety and worry about being with my family. Or, or right? And maybe you're um, like me where you've uh, just been watching the news and you've seen uh, the just the devastation that continues to unfold, uh, particularly in the Middle East. Um, this week, I had a conversation with one of our, uh, our partners in ministry that we support as Pine Lake Covenant Church. His name's Andy Larson. Many of you know of him. And, uh, and he is just telling me this story of how they had these long-standing connections, particularly with one Palestinian family, and they haven't heard from them from days on end of just not knowing where they are or if they're even alive. Right, right. So, like, we carry some very real worries, ones that I think, uh, if we're honest, continue to race in our minds. And yet today we, we see this simple um, phrase from Jesus. He says, do not worry. And to be honest, like this is one that I think uh, is really difficult to, to actually like get at what Jesus is, is saying. But, but what I want us to do is I want us to think about this phrase, three words, do not worry, in the context of when Jesus said it. It was at the very, towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And, and he says it to, uh, to, the, to the disciples, those people gathering around him. So I want you to hear these words as if you were hearing them with the disciples 
for the first time. Does that make sense? And, and maybe that will, uh, will help us shape our conversation today. And so uh, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 6, uh, beginning at verse 25. This is where we'll be for today. And uh, we're going to read this together this morning. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not much more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon. Does everybody know Solomon? Solomon, king in the Old Testament, right? Not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we wear, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows them, that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Would you join me in prayer? God, we pause to, uh, to name the things that we bring into this space today that we worry about constantly. And Lord, in this space today, would you meet us? Would we hear your voice? Would we encounter your presence? God, would we not leave this place unchanged because of hearing your word that we would become doers of your word? God, open our hearts. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. So uh, the series, we've been walking through the Gospel of Matthew. And so today, as we finish and wrap up this series, I think there's, there's three things that are really important to remember uh, that re- will help us uh, explore this passage today. First, um, the Gospel of Matthew specifically was written to a Jewish audience, most likely a Christian Jewish audience, right, that they have um, converted and they'd seen that Jesus was the Messiah. And so uh, the, the author of Matthew was writing specifically to this group of people or to this type of audience. Does that make sense? Um, and secondly, uh, has anybody ever read the, the first chapter of Matthew? Like if you look at Matthew chapter one, there's like 42 names that, that are listed, right? Honest, uh, this is honesty hour. Does anybody ever just like skip over those? You're like, oh yeah, yeah. What, what is it happening, right? And so, so Matthew does that not to bore us, right? Even though it sometimes feels confusing, he's like physically, but genealogically connecting Jesus to the royal lineage of David, even going back to Abraham, right? And so again, like, he's placing Jesus in real time as a real person that has a real impact, not only on ancient Near East first century world, but on our lives here today and now as we read the living word of God. And third, uh, Jesus is uh, specifically like the centerpiece of the Gospel of Matthew, right? Um, but again, because it was a Jewish audience, uh, Matthew very intentionally like bridges this, this uh, relationship be- between Moses as like a super important Old Testament character, figure, right? And Jesus being this, quote, like new Moses, 
right? Or the fullness of what Moses as a foreshadowed character in the Old Testament was. Like, Jesus is this new Moses. And so, again, as a a Jewish audience hearing uh, these words for the first time— I want to, uh, I want to throw this verse up, Matthew 6, 31. I want to ask you, like, how do you think this hit them when this hit their ears for the first time? It says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? How do you think this hit the first Jewish audience for the very first time? Uh, again, thinking about the story of the heritage or the lineage of what they've been through, like, what stories even come to your mind of what would have been in the minds of the Jewish people in this context. I think right away, they would have jumped to the Exodus, right? Or more specifically, when they've been delivered out of Egypt and wandering in the desert for 40 years, they were asking these questions, what will we eat, what will we drink, and will we have anything to wear? And, and the story of the Exodus, is anybody familiar with it? Maybe you've seen, like, uh, the Prince of Egypt, right? Or you've actually, like, read the book of the Exodus, right? Uh, this story is, like, foundational, right? It's one, uh, it's one of the stories that is foundational for the Hebrew people as a story of deliverance, as a story of provision, and as a story of promise. They were brought out of Egypt. They were literally brought through the Red Sea, And spent 40 years wandering in the desert asking these questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? And if you know the story, as as Christians, we we know these stories that that God provided to that question of what will we eat daily, right? Uh, What what did he provide? Does anybody remember? Manna and quail, right? Not like, okay, I'm going to drop off like a month's worth of supply and you guys can grab it. No, like every single morning manna arrived, right? And, and right when they needed it, that quail showed up. That God was truly providing daily bread for the Hebrew people as they wandered through the desert. This question of, we are thirsty, what, what will we drink? Maybe you remember the story of, of Moses hitting the rock, right? Uh, and, and water gushes out. Um, have you ever, I'm new to this parenting thing, but I just told Trey this story like last week. The questions that came from that story, right? Then all of a sudden, I see him carrying sticks around this week. I'm like, is there a correlation? I don't know. I don't know. He's just a curious kid or something, right? But, but again, like that was not just this fairy tale that, that God provided for the Hebrew people in very tangible ways, when they had no source of provision, wandering through the desert, not knowing where to turn. And, and so we, we get to the Exodus as a, as a really important story. And, and again, like if Jesus is this new uh, Moses, Moses was a really important figure um, in that story of the Exodus, right? Moses was a figure of deliverance. Um, he had brought them through so much. He had literally been in the presence of God, face glowing. Does anybody remember that story where he comes off the mountain and his face is still glowing, right? Um, he himself could not deliver the people, but he acted as this, this mouthpiece, right? This, this one that would usher in the people into this new land. And yet, he himself, because of disobedience, never actually got to see 
that new land, right? He fell short in being that deliverer. And yet Jesus comes on the scene. And Matthew makes this connection. You're like, hey, remember that, that Moses figure that, that is so important to the Jewish faith? Like that person is, or that call that that person was supposed to fulfill is being fulfilled now through Jesus. This new Moses that comes on the scene to usher in this new kingdom. And so throughout this whole story of, of wandering for the, in the desert for 40 years, um, I, I think the second most important word in all of scripture comes up time and time again. I, I think the first one comes um, in Advent that I'm sure we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. But the second most important word in all of scripture, I believe, comes up time and time again throughout the story of wandering. This, this word, remember. Remember. Remember as a command, but, but more than that. Like, remember becomes an identity for these people. Like, remembering the act of remembrance becomes like, like a physical identity of the Jewish people. I don't know if, if maybe you've been to the Middle East before, or specifically to Israel, or, or if you've even been, um, walking on a Friday around a Jewish synagogue. Has anybody ever seen the tassels, right? Uh, that, that are most of the time on, um, on, uh, Jewish men's, uh, sleeves, right? Like, that was an act of remembrance, a physical manifestation to remember, to cling to the promises of God. The word remember shows up 352 times in scripture. Vitally important word. Uh, throughout these, this, this journey of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, remember, uh, remember is mentioned. Remember this day in which you went out from Egypt. Remember all the commands of the Lord. Remember to do all my commandments. Remember the day you stood before the Lord. You shall remember that you were once a slave in the land of Egypt. You shall remember what the Lord your God did to deliver you out of Egypt. Remember. And so, again, like looking at the backdrop of, of this story in the context of the Jewish people, like, what, what does this mean for us now? Like, uh, you're sitting there, you're like, okay, great. I have so many worries that I still have with, uh, with my kids or my family that's coming up. Like, what, what does this mean for me as I'm sitting in this worry today? Quite simply, I think the invitation that Jesus is giving to his disciples 2,000 years ago that he's still giving to us is really simple, and it's, it's this. Do not worry. Instead, remember. Do not worry, but instead, remember. Remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's provision. And remember God's promise. So we're going into this week of Thanksgiving, and um, it wouldn't be that unless we had a Friendsgiving gathering uh, with Pine Lake Youth last week, okay? And so we, we played a little game, so we're going to do it now, really quick, all right? Everybody ever played this or that? Anybody ever played this or that, all right? So there's going to be two things on the screen. You either say, I like this or I like that better. Simple? Cool. All right. Pumpkin pie or apple pie? Who's my pumpkin pie people in the room? Wow, Okay. Who's like apple, uh, excuse me, yeah, apple pie, apple pie. Who are the faithful? Okay, it's actually pretty split, except for Matt Chow's got two hands up. Uh, how about this? This one, it gets a little more real, right? Who would prefer to cook or do dishes? Who's preferring to cook? 
Who's like, I was made to do dishes. I'm not ever going to. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Okay. See, we all got a role. We're all finding our role. Um, how about this one? This one, this is a hot take, all right? This is a hot take. No talking at the dinner table or no dessert at the dinner table. It's a hot take. You might, I'll give you a minute to think about that one. Who's saying, I'm not going to talk because I can't pass up the dessert? Okay. <laughs> Thanks for being honest. Thanks for being honest. Who's saying, no, no chance? I, I'll give up dessert. I love these people. Okay. Take notice of who raised their hand next to you, all right? Take notice of that one. All right. This is our last one. All right. How about this one? Um, who, after dinner, prefer to take a nap or to take a walk? Who's taking, who's taking a nap? You're like, I'm KO'd. I'm out. I'm out. Who's like, I just got to... I'm starting. I've got to move. i got to do something. i got to do something. That's right. That's right. Uh, Really, we're, we're faced with this decision, right, of called to not worry, but to instead remember. Like, we as people are, are faced with the same decision every single day uh, of, of deciding this or that. The Hebrew people in that, that moment were met with a choice, right? That God had provided, sustained, brought them through so much. And yet, right at the end, right before they were to enter the promised land... They were met with a choice. And this was the choice. It came in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. It says this. It says, uh, this is, this is God speaking, right? Through, through Moses. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live. It's really simple, right? God, through all of those things that he had delivered his people through, he's saying, what's in front of you is really simple. You choose life or you choose death. You choose living with me as I go before you and beside you and alongside you. You choose life with me or you choose your other route, speaking to the Hebrew people, speaking to us, that leads to death. Really simple. Right? We're met with this this or that phenomenon constantly, especially as it pertains to our worry. Uh, but but here's here's the connection. What 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 it's not, do not worry, instead remember. What it's not, it's not this path of this is the path of non worry and this is the path of worry. That's that's exactly what it's not, right? It's not like God is saying, you choose my path of life and there will be no more worries. You'll only worry if you're on that path over there, right? Like that is not at all what he's saying. Spoiler alert, right? Like we all are going to worry. Jesus, your command is impossible, right? Like we are all going to worry. But here's the key. It's what we do with the worry and how we respond to the worry that makes all the difference. This is so good. Don't miss this. At the very end uh, of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, it's the very last story, the very last thing that uh, Jesus says to his disciples before he gets off, uh, before he gets done preaching. He shares the story of the wise and the foolish builders. But he says this. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Here's the key. 
Everyone who hears these words and puts them in to practice. This, this worry, worrying is a practice. But, but Jesus is saying, you need to put into place a different type of practice to counteract that worry, to replace it with something else. And quite simply, worry, worrying is getting out in front of God, being concerned about the future, concerned about what might be or what might not happen in the face of worry. Right? We know what that feels like. We all can relate to that feeling of worry, to that thing that is even weighing on our minds, in our heads, as we walk into this space, even today. We are people that will ever, forever and always, worry. And yet, the invitation from Jesus is what do we do with that worry when we're met with it? Be honest, uh, I have two two worries. One is, is funny, but not funny at all. Will my kids ever sleep through the night again? Like, right? Like, that's where we're at right now at our house. Um, thought it was supposed to be the three-month-old, but it's like the almost three-year-old that's not sleeping right now. So if you see Trey, would you tell him to go to sleep? Uh, but that, like... That's, that's my worry. I know that a lot of you have, have maybe like worries that are kind of funny, but, but are real. But, but another worry that I have, right, is, uh, is I, I feel like God has called, uh, my family, uh, to be in this role of pastoral ministry, but oftentimes, like, we don't know, uh, if, uh, living in this place or this context or having to be away from my family that's in Colorado or whatever, like, those are worries that we carry, right? Like, those are real things that we carry. What about for you? What about for you? What, what worry do you carry about your job, about your employment status, your family, crippling anxiety that you might be dealing with, or depression, right? We all carry worry. This is a church, right? We're, we're in a season of uncertainty. As a church, we are carrying a lot of worry. Just naming that. In this place, in this family, in this family of families, like, there is a lot of worry in this group. And yet I remind you that this church has had the hand of God on it for the past 40 years. Right? In the 70s, this was a dream of, of somebody thinking, okay, well, that is, uh, Sammamish didn't even exist, but beyond Issaquah, there's nothing there. No one will ever move there. Who's going to ever live there, right? But someone had an idea in the 80s to, let's, let's build a church, right? And then in the 90s, the church started to grow, and in uh, the early 2000s, we built the, the gym or the Family Life Center. And the way that that's continued to be a missional outpost of so many people coming onto our campus that maybe never know the love of Jesus that continue to be here. And we sit here in November of 2023 with a lot of uncertainty and a lot of worry. And yet, I'm confident of this. Our team is confident of this. Our church is confident of this, that the best things for Pine Lake Covenant Church are yet to come. The best things that God has for us as people, as a church, are still yet to come. If we choose to remember instead of worry. If we choose this path of life instead of destruction. 
Matthew 6.33 is a verse that shows up in the Sermon on the Mount again. It's, it's probably, it's one of those like fulcrum hinge points in Jesus' teaching. It's familiar to you. He says, but, but seek first his kingdom. I would have made a mistake. I would have bolded this and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So again, quite simply, how do we do this? I don't think it's any coincidence that we're wrapping up this series and uh, we're wrapping up uh, this season of the series of uh, following Jesus, even though we'll continue to do that forever and always, uh, this week going into Thanksgiving. And uh, a really powerful verse that I think uh, sets the stage for what Thanksgiving is, is it comes from Philippians 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? With thanksgiving is at the very center of creating this counter-narrative of worry. And and so quite simply, gratitude is the antidote of worry. Well, that's biblical, right? Like that is a biblical concept. It sounds probably good on some motivational speaker too, but, but, but that's biblical, right? Like gratitude is the antidote to worry. It's something that, that as people, we can cling to, to know that when worry comes in our minds and in our hearts, the gratitude is where Jesus calls us to turn first, to name those things first. So quite simply, I just want to give us just time now um, to respond to that. Uh, as uh, students on Tuesday, we, we did that as well. Um, Pastor Becca had this awesome idea. We, we just had like really simple leaves and uh instead of like hey kids what are you thankful for right throwing them up there uh, which we did that uh our, our question was where did you see god's faithfulness in your life this year and right and, and so we have a whole stack of leaves of all kinds of things that our students wrote and so really that's my invitation for us today to end on that Naming the things, naming the areas of life where we're just overflowed with gratitude. Because truly that is the invitation that comes from Christ. I love uh, our, our team that led us in worship today. It was, it was amazing. Thank you, Kim. But she led us in a, in a song, uh, right, that, that was about a firm foundation. There was no promise that the rains wouldn't come and the, and the storm wouldn't come, right? Again, that was part of it. But when our foundation is in the right place on Christ, worrying has no spot at our table. Would you join me in prayer? God, we just, we pause and recognize the ways in which we carry worry. We carry very tangible worries constantly and lord in just this very simple expression when we clench our hands so tightly to worry 
God, may we be reminded that you are inviting us to open our hands, to release those worries to you. And in turn, remember your faithfulness that has sustained us and that will continue to go before us. God, would you meet each person in this room today in our worries? God, would you meet us as a church in this season of worry? Lord, that you would be our rock, that you would be our foundation, and Lord, that we would choose you every single moment. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.